Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a yet another edition of your favorite podcast of a bunch of guys who used to go to Johnson University together, and now they talk about God and sports together, the M Squared Power Hour. I'm the best one podcast of your hosts. in that category. The best podcast, yeah, the <laughs> premium podcast. The premier. Premier podcast in that category, yes. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Mr. Joe Matthews. As always, we have Andy Minton. What's up? And Joey Emmerich on the line. What up, everyone? How you doing? And before we get into the show, I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Andy so we can handle all the social media stuff that I always forget about. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can catch us on Twitter or Instagram at M2 underscore Power Hour and on Facebook at M2 dot Power Hour. And it's also where you can catch us on YouTube to watch this video and see all the faces made for radio. Um, yeah, and you can catch us on any podcast app. Apple, Spotify, Google, some others that I've never heard of. <laughs> yes, the other category. <laughs> All right. And we're still yeah. looking for our first rating and review. That isn't Joey. I, I I have been tempted to like message someone and pay them to be able to write something and be. So our first review is like how great LeBron is and have to rap a LeBron rap. No, I'm sure you would hate that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be <laughs> terrible. And he's going to jump on his burner account. <laughs> 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 jump on my burner account and trash LeBron and make Joey write it. Exactly. Awesome. Good times. I will say oh, this. Yeah. I will say, just a call back from last week, one of the Laker fans on this, I guess, <laughs> I wouldn't call you a Lakers fan. You're a LeBron, LeBron fan. fan. Yeah. Call, it looks like they called the, looks like you called the 76ers Celtics series. Right. But we'll know by the time this releases. Maybe. <laughs> was game four being on Friday, uh, coming out, being on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Nice. I hope they pull it off. I, Like I said, I personally think they're going all the way. That's, I thought it would be the Clippers, but uh, I was wrong there. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not. Yeah. They, they, yeah. they can but, still. Um, yeah, we all thought it was going to be the Clippers, Joey. Clippers are up, so you're good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah, they just don't call the comeback. (laughs) No. Yeah. I will say I didn't. We did not see the number one seeds both losing in the same night. No. Did not see that coming at all. That was the amount. The amount of panic (laughs) that was on every sports station and every Twitter, you name it, how the Lakers and yeah. In the box. And the Bucks just weren't weren't good enough. And Stephen yeah. A or who was it came out and said that if LeBron loses the first round, then you can't call him the goat. Um, was that that wasn't Stephen A. Smith? That was Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce, yeah. Completely different people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my bad. Yeah. One guy is credible. The other and the other guy, guy Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> And the other guy is a sports journalist. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So what you're saying is only one of those two actually knows what they're talking about. Yeah. 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 And the CX Celtic. It's the one that actually played basketball. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Who was really good at basketball. Yeah. He's a faker, too. Um, Anyway. What are you talking about being a faker? Didn't he get carried off the court? Yeah, they got uh, off the court uh, in the finals. Yeah. And then yeah, somehow yeah, came back it. magically. Came back two quarters later. Yeah. He was led practicing Celtics. for when he goes to WWE. That's all it was. Led the, led the Celtics to victory over the Lakers. Uh, speaking <laughs> of of the Lakers and people faking injuries, did you see um, Crusoe and, and the, was it AD or the other guy both try to take charges? You see that video? No. 
Yeah, uh-huh. two of the Lakers tried to oh. take um, charges, and they both just hit the ground, yes. and the refs are like... That's funny. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you see them both, like, run in front of the players and stop and post up and barely get touched, and they both just flop. <laughs> and the referees didn't call it, and I laughed. I was like, oh, man, Vladi Divox must be coaching the Lakers now. I'm going to be flopping that hard. <laughs> oh, dude. Man, like, like, you know, honestly, that that's just kind of reminded me, like, that stuff, is it's legal in the game, right? Like, to try to set up, try to get the foul, but, like, that is kind of violating the sports, the sportsmanship of the game. Yeah. To fake the foul, fake the injury. And um, or fake the charge. And we've been talking about it a lot. And something that came up recently was with um, Fernando Tatis Jr. switching sports, but doing things in baseball. We're like, switching uh, sports. He did not switch sports. He didn't switch sports. <laughs> We're the, the topic of the day. I just, was want, switching just sports. want to clarify. Yes. Sometimes yes. Joe's thoughts all run together <laughs> and they don't come out right. <laughs> That's that's not a sometimes, Andy. <laughs> yeah, all the times my thoughts run together and don't come out right. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I am switching sports, but there's a similarity between the sportsmanship of the game and doing things that are right and wrong. And like baseball, you've had a, a player recently, um, Fernando Tatis Jr. playing for the Padres, who, when they were already up what seven nothing, swung on a 3-0 fastball and hit a grand slam, which you know, upset a lot of people. And another game, the very next night, they were up like 6-0 in the ninth, and he stole third base. And apparently he is just irking people left and right and violating, you know, the code of baseball, the unwritten rules of baseball. What do you guys think about that? Like, what do you think about the unwritten rules of baseball? Are they passe and should just go away, or do you think we should still follow the gentleman's game? I think there are aspects of I think there are certain unwritten rules that, I mean, you should still follow. Um, but, like, you know, me being a Braves fan, they are very good at coming back from large deficits in late innings. <laughs> so, I mean, and so it's, it's with the way the game's going with batters trying to do, you know, launch angle and things like that. I don't know that him, I don't know that, you know, hitting the grand slam, I don't, it, it's kind of a gray area to me because some teams can come back easier than others. Now the Padres, they were playing the Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. Let me, yeah, I'm, I'm volume myself. On Joe. <laughs> It's not been a good day. I've been I've been working with uh, lacquer and chemicals all day, so <laughs> my head's a little out of it. <laughs> Wear a mask. They should be readily available in your area. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so okay, so some teams are built to come back later in games. Mm-hmm. The Rangers, I don't know that they're built to come back, you know, later in games or win a game. Or, <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, just there's something about that about not showing up your opponent. There's something about that that needs to that should stick around, and I, and I say that and like I love when Tennessee basketball is able to show up Kentucky basketball because I hate Kentucky basketball, and so like if they're rivals, I kind of get it a lo- little more. But mm-hmm. last time I checked, the Padres and the Rangers are not rivals. No. I mean, you live in that side of that part of the country more <laughs> than I do. No, not so. even close. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, those are my thoughts. And we can get into some of the inward rules and, and and how they help the flow of baseball. But anyway, Joey, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm going to be honest. I agree with you. That's hard for me to say. Uh, I agree with you on, like, especially – the rivalry thing. If it's a rivalry, I think written rules go out the window. Uh, I think back to like Ohio State football. I know, but there was a game against Michigan, and uh, Ohio State was up by three or four touchdowns, and Coach Woody Hayes went for two after scoring a touchdown, being up three or four touchdowns, and when asked why didn't you, 
why why did you go for two? He said, because it's Michigan. I couldn't go for three. <laughs> like, there's that rivalry. It's a aspect. great answer. Uh, I mean, technically, he could have and not scored the touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> but but basically, like, I get the rivalry aspect, but I do think because like even because like what do we try to teach our kids all the time? Good sportsmanship. So what happens then if we say, well, good sportsmanship is good to a degree, but once you get to the pros, throw good sportsmanship out the window and make it all about you. Like, I feel like that's really what it's becoming is I want to look good. I want to build my stats up. So let me just start hitting home runs like crazy. I kind of disagree with you guys. Um, And and having well, and been I'm a pitcher not... and having given up the home runs where, like, it kind of irked me. I'm like, why are you even swinging? Or why are you running out of double when you could have ran out of single? Um, I think it does get to the point, too, where it's not easy to hit home runs. You know, it's not like he went up there like, oh, sweet. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit this. He swung at a 3-0 pitch. And um, I heard there's ex-baseball players. One was a pitcher. Um, I think his name was something Passan. It was like, look, if you don't want a guy to hit a, a home run off your 3-0 pitch, how about you throw a good 3-0 pitch, you know, and not an 88-mile-an-hour fastball, you know, batting practice fastball down the pipe. Um, yeah, so plus. I think, you know, it's fair, right? And, like, uh, maybe stealing third base. Like, for me, stealing third base when you're up, that's kind of a jerk move. Yeah, or yeah. going first to third when you guys are up, and obviously the pitcher's, you know, overmatched, but... For me, throw a strike. Like, you shouldn't have got the guy to 3-0. You know, if you're nibbling on the corners and you're missing because you're scared of him, then don't even throw a good 3-0 pitch. You know what I mean? Like, if you're afraid of him for the first three balls, be afraid of him on the fourth one and don't even let him hit it. Right. Like, fine, I gave up one run. Um, You know? So, for, th- for that one instance, I was just like, oh, well, dude, that's your fault. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, Clayton well, Kershaw, throw that big curveball 3-0. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and a lot of pitchers don't have that big curveball these days. No, they do not. But um, it's kind of a lost art. But and I will say that because a lot of pitchers, and I think Fernando, I think Tatis is one of those guys that study launch angle and things like that. Um, I mean, you know, and if you're if he throws one over the plate, and you know, and you hit a home run, but like you know, just stick your bat out there, do something. You know, but like if you're, you know, trying to, because it's me is when you're trying to show somebody else up. Right. And, I, and I'm not saying that, you know, hitting a home run is easy and, you know, you can't go up there to play and go, well, I'm just going to hit a home run. <laughs> I'm going to hit a double. It'd be nice. You know, you can't do that. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. Just, you know, poke your bat out there and, and, and you know, and see what happens. So yeah. I don't know, but yeah, but I think still in third while you're up like that, that's, that's Bush League. Yeah. To yeah. me, that's, that's the Bush League play. Yeah. Um, And two with, with the guy hitting home runs like that too, you have to look at um cultural aspects. Like his dad is what, uh, Tati seniors, he's what Dominican, right? Yeah. I think, or. So in like Dominican, Cuba, those places, they're all about showmanship and, right. you know, if you can hit a home run, it doesn't matter if you're up 15, nothing, right. hit that home run right. and because that's the way they play, which, you know, that's uh, getting lost in translation in American baseball now because so it many is. guys are getting upset about Puig's antics or his antics or um, we're, we're making fun of, not making fun of, but talking about who's it, uh, Batista, who he could be down 15 runs and hits a home run and he's going to. Show he's up. Gonna bat flip. He's gonna bat flip like he just won the World Series. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's a, a cultural thing, you know. But but you know, on the flip side, you know, the pitchers need to start doing it. Like if you get oh, up yeah. there and Tatis hit a home run, the next time you see him, you strike him out. You know, I think the the pitcher should be able to do like the Vince McMahon walk around the <laughs> around the mound. <laughs> You'll pimp that strikeout. Right. Well, and you know, and because we were talking, a lot of times used to, um, 
like your Greg Maddox's, John Smoltz, you know, guys like that in that era in the 90s when control was more important than speed or velocity. Um, like, you know, if Batista went out there and bat flipped, like, you know, like crazy. Next time he took one, the next time he came out to the play, he was taking one between the shoulder blades. Yeah, or in the hip. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and, and they used to teach that. Mm-hmm. You know, they used to teach this is how you this is how you punt somebody. This is how you take a pitch because yeah. most of the time guys know when they're gonna get hit. Um, you know, and you don't throw up, go up there and throw a 99 mile an hour fastball at somebody. But now, yeah. it's pitching has gone to more velocity and less control. Yeah, you don't want your guys out there trying to plunk somebody. Like I don't want a Rodas Chapman out there trying to hit somebody. <laughs> He'll kill somebody. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't want your closer doing that somebody's anyway. Cage. You don't want your closer doing that anyway, but but you don't want somebody out there doing that. Yeah. And so the pitchers, and because right now the advantage of showmanship is completely on the batter. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I don't know. Like I just, you know, watching the Braves game about, you know, I just saw Luke Jackson strike somebody out. Like it'd been hilarious to see him just back, you know, just do a standing backflip right there in front of the mound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And do I think some sort of. <laughs> right. Antic or something like that. And if that started to happen, I think you would see a lot less because batters would be getting a little taste of their own medicine. Yeah. yeah. Like, imagine that when you have, like, uh, I think Kershaw struck out 12 or 17 the other day. After every strikeout, if he had done, like, 17 <laughs> different. Right. touchdown dances basically 17 strikeout dances oh yeah yeah that'd be <laughs> that'd be awesome i want to say, say like the, okay. the drop the mic or like drop the glove like if you struck someone out just drop your glove on them right there something like that would be cool <laughs> no I pick up the, throw the rosin bag like a grenade yeah <laughs> I was going to say, he can do that. They can drop the rosin bag, like take it, hit it, and just hold it straight out and drop it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and like, you know, because there, ga- there are things that just help with the speed of the game. Like, not working pitches when you're up five runs. Right. You know, not work- working pitch counts. Like, just go up there and swing. You know, don't make a pitcher throw 30 pitches at an at-bat when yeah. you're up six runs. Um, stealing bases, you know, on a single where you could have made it if you're on first and you could have legged out, to, legged it out to third, stop at second. Yeah. You know, and th- those help with the flow of the game and help speed up the game a little bit. But yeah, I mean, the more I thought, like I kind of had a problem with his home run, but now the more I thought about it, I'm like, I saw where the pitch was and you see where he likes it. <laughs> That's like he just sat out there on the tee for him and said, yeah. don't hit me. <laughs> yeah. And and this game is so stat-driven. Like, is. if he hits 25 home runs, um, he's like, oh, it's a good hitter. But if that home run helps him get to 30, how many more millions of dollars is he going to make on a contract being a 25 home run hitter right. a year to a 30 home run hitter a year? So, you know, too, like, like I know we want to be sportsmen, but at the same time, you know, if you want to be the best of your game, you have to, you know, you got to get those stats. Right. You know, and, but then I was thinking about like headhunting, you talk about velocity, you know, we don't want our pitcher who throws 98 miles an hour hitting plunking people. Um, how much of that can we blame? And this is something we didn't talk about. How much of that can we attribute to Clemens and Pedro Martinez and Schilling and Randy Johnson, like that era of pitchers, because those guys were all known, maybe not so much Randy Johnson, but the rest of those guys were known as headhunters. I don't know. Ask that bird about Randy Johnson's pitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he exploded that dang, that poor pigeon. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't a headhunter. He was a pigeon hunter. Yeah. There's a difference. <laughs> well, well, and I think, I, think, I think you have to attribute the velocity to the steroid era. Because pitchers had to combat what was going on at the plate. Yeah. And so you throw harder, which that doesn't make sense. You know, like if you're trying to 
keep somebody from hitting, learn to locate pitches better. Yeah. You know, don't throw harder because the harder you throw, the faster it's going to come out of there. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Maddox is still pretty dominant during that, that whole era. Yes, he was. So, yeah. Yes, he was. Throwing at the most, what, 91? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. And watching people, watching pitchers paint corners, to me, is more impressive Yeah. than somebody going up there and throwing 98 miles an hour. Yeah. Like, you know, somebody, you know, Javi Lopez setting up on the right-hand corner of the plate – and Maddox hitting it, like it just hitting his glove Yeah. <laughs> with an off-speed pitch. I mean, that's yeah. that's more impressive to me than seeing triple digits on the radar gun. Yeah, and but you know the funny thing? That was uh, Maddox, Glavin, Avery, Smoltz, they all said that too. Like that was the one thing that they were taught the entire time outside corner. Like yeah. if you can own that outside corner you're and throw that consistent, you're, you own the, um, you know, you, you basically own the strike zone. Yeah. You know, and yeah, like, I have no idea. Uh, I love that outside corner pitch. Sorry. I'm yeah. just like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, the steroid era, but I was thinking too, just about that headhunters mentality, because how many times did Pedro throw at somebody's head or mm-hmm. Clemens throw at somebody's head? Because before them, I don't really remember that being like acceptable in baseball. Then that be- kind of became the norm. You hit a home run off Pedro. He's throwing at your head the next at bat. You hit a home run right. off Clemens you know, 96 in your, in your ear. Right. Which is why you see a lot of guys now, because that, you see a lot of guys now wear the face guard, the mouth guard that comes down because, um, so many, so many batters are getting hit in the face. Yeah. Uh, like, um, I remember when, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Hayward, Jason Hayward, when he was with the Braves. He missed half a season. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's something has to be done about. I mean, because right now, now you throw it, you throw it a batter. I mean, it's almost an automatic ejection. Yeah. Um, and so, but something has to be. Some, pitchers are going to have to do something to show up. You know, just give the batters a little taste of their own medicine, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think going back to what you guys are saying, a little bit of the. I think in every sport, one of the unwritten rules that has become almost illegal in some of the sports is stuff like, I, I and I'll put it in wrestling terms, giving a receipt. Yeah. Where if someone if someone wrongs you or someone does something, you do something back to let them right. know, hey, you can't do this. Yeah. Um, and in most most of the sports now, though, that's all becoming illegal. Like yeah. even in wrestling, you're not seeing it that much, and it's. I think it's because of gays like Pedro who started headhunting. Did you say gays? That, guys that's what like it sounded Pedro. like. So I, did not, <laughs> okay. I said guys. I, sorry, guys. I am really, really tired. Uh, no, that's that's fine. Hey, man, you're getting re- you're in the middle of moving, so we even appreciate yeah. that we're doing this right now. I wasn't gonna call it out, but I didn't want you to get in trouble. With some Pedro Martinez fan for calling him gay. Yeah. No, that's all. I, 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 I saw the look on Andy's face and he like looked at the monitor and I'm like nodding, like, yeah, he said it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, but guys like Pedro Martinez. Um, but that's, but like, to me, I feel like that kind of guy going too far yeah. has ruined some of the old yeah. unwritten rules. Yeah. Well, and you, because the NFL, and especially the Saints, they had the bounty gate where they were putting <sighs> bounties on people's heads. Cost um, Brett Favre of a Super Bowl. And, um, <laughs> 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 I'm sure Brett Favre cost himself a lot of Super Bowls, too. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, let's not even, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, and that's, but things like that, especially football, you know, especially with the head injury, because mm-hmm. a lot of what's come out about CTE and things like that with concussions, uh, you just can't do stuff like that. Like you yeah. have to be cautious of your opponent's future. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there are a lot of unread rules that are going by the wayside that I think are, that you know, you can go like just 
that, that's a good unwritten rule that needs to go. Yeah. Like taking somebody out um, and things like that. But, you know, there are some, I think, about not showing up your opponent um, that need to that, – that should stick around just because um, – you know, you know, in baseball, like if you come up, you know, if a guy comes up, I mean, giving up a grand slam up ten, I mean, could it could elevate somebody's career, and it could completely ruin somebody else's career. Yeah. You know, so and I'm just using that as an example, but um, but yeah, that's that's my thoughts. Yeah, but I, I the more we talk about it. And especially that one incident, I, I'm starting to lean more towards Joe on the home runs too, mainly yeah. because if if you're a crappy player, you should like <laughs> just get better. I mean, if, yeah. if you're if you're not going to, you don't deserve to be paid good money if you're not a good player. Right. No, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So so maybe it's it maybe that's his way of helping, like. Uh, weed out the the weaklings in the league by hitting home runs on the the pitchers that are yeah be be a better player yeah because i won't tell you how many times i've you know because i I play i grew up playing baseball i still play you know hardball even in my 40s but how frustrating it is to be that batter to come up and yeah you go 3-0 and then here comes that 3-0 fastball and it's batting practice fastball don't swing because you're winning and then here comes the three-two fastball. Don't swing because you know you don't want to show up the pitcher. And then you're at a full count and you're basically going to swing at some garbage pitch that may or may not be a ball because you want to hit. And like that's that's tough. It is tough to be that hitter when you're well, watching that cookie it, come in and you're like, oh, oh I and it you. is. But and I will say <laughs> about Tatis. Like there's a little bit of unknown because apparently his the coach his the coach gave him the take sign uh, and he did either missed it or ignored it. Oh, and he'll so, he'll have say he missed it all day. Right. <laughs> and so in my opinion, you know, if you if you missed it, if you just didn't see the sign or got it, you know, were confused, that's different. But if you're blatantly disobeying you know, a sign from a coach. I think that takes it to another level. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like we'll never know because he'll never admit if, if, if he ignored it, he'll never admit that. <laughs> yeah. Or when he does, it's not going to even matter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel like yeah. too, cause like Joe said, if you're sitting there, it almost feels like you guys, a pitcher, I feel like it's lazy pitching. Cause it's like, well, I can, throw the easiest pitch in there for me to throw mm-hmm. because they're not going to swing. Like I, I can throw this fastball straight down the pipe because I know mm-hmm. they're not swinging at it. Yeah. So and it's almost like lazy pitching. It is. Even when I go three yeah. on somebody pitching, I'm not, I'm not grooving a fastball. I'm trying to throw a slider. I'm trying to throw Like I want them to expect the fastball and throw something in there. Like I might throw a slider down the middle of the plate, but at least it's not, you know, a BP fastball. Right. You know. And you know, if he had walked, if he'd have walked him, the worst that could have happened was he gave up one run. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so. instead he he grew to fastball, and he gave up four runs. So. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Baseball. Though I, I do wish they would limit the amount of times they could throw to first base after the seventh inning, because I absolutely hate when they make 18 throws in a row to first base. Like so that's another unwritten rule. Yeah. <laughs> that I absolutely love. You don't throw to base. You don't throw to first three times in a row without going yeah. to the plate. I love that rule because it gets pitchers out of so many. Yeah. Yeah. We could go on, but we don't have time for that. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So, you know, we've talked about unwritten rules um, in baseball. And if we look at our our faith, our, you know, our walk, 
There are unwritten rules, but there are also some very good written rules that we need to follow. And so we're going to continue our discussion on the Ten Commandments with commandment number two. Number two. Which is, Joe, would you like to tell us what commandment number two is? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, you won't have idols or graven images. So, yeah. Okay. So, yes. And... That's out of the um, completely, uh, what do you call it, paraphrased version. <laughs> the New Living? <laughs> the New Living, yeah. <laughs> the New Joe translation? The New Joe translation. <laughs> this is just a dumpster fire tonight. Uh, <laughs> Joey's tired from packing all day. I'm all loopy from not wearing a mask while I'm putting okay, so... on wood. <laughs> Commandment number two. I'm just going to go ahead and read it. I'm going to read it out of the Christian Standard. Um, we're, and we're, if you want to follow us, look at um, we're in Exodus 20. What page um, is that? Verse four. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I remember growing up uh, when pew Bibles were a thing. Yes. And the pastor would always go, grab your pew Bible and turn to page 800. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, it says, do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or the earth below or in the waters under the earth. Do not bow and worship to them. Do not serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, bringing consequence, consequences of the father's iniquity on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. By showing faithful love to a thousand generations for those who love me and keep my commands. There you go. Let's pray. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any questions? Nope. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the the down and simple is uh, respect God. Don't put anything before God. If you do, sucks to be you and your yeah. kids and grandkids. Yeah, yeah, your grandkids will, will pay for it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, In all so legitimately, yeah. let's talk about this. Yeah. Because we, we've grown up, um, and every culture has their depiction of what Jesus looks like. Yes. You know, in America, Jesus, and I'm not going to say in America, he's always white. Because I've seen, you know, been in African-American communities where paintings of Jesus are a lot darker than what they are in my community. Um, yeah. But here's the truth. Jesus was not a white man. He was a Jew. Nope. He was Middle Eastern. He looked a lot more like Saul bin Laden than he does me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I think, you know, but our depictions of Jesus go farther than that. And I think this goes in, and, and the Catholic Church gets a bad rap about this. But there are a lot of liturgical churches that do the same thing, having the crucifix. You know, Jesus still hanging on the cross. It's a depiction of Jesus or statues of busts or anything of Jesus all around the place. Um, you know, and I'm and I understand that we're a little bit different, but I am very, you know, I think there are there are certain things you should not push God on. And, you know. And I think statues and things like that go into the engravings, you know, images of, you know, goes against what the second commandment asks of us as believers. What are mm-hmm. y'all's thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, <Joey. laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, because what, like when you have all of, you know, the statues and you have all of that symbolism everywhere and people are um, <laughs> like, cause I grew up Catholic up until I was like middle school, high school and then jumped over to Baptist and then jumped over to other stuff. Um, all Christian, not other stuff in a bad way. Um, but we would pray to like the statue of Mary, you know, we'd pray to the statues of Jesus. And to me, it did feel more like we were praying to those actual statues mm. and the images versus actually praying to God, praying to Jesus, 
you know, than, than doing what we're supposed to do. And, you know, and I agree, like to me, if we're looking at that and that's, um, we're putting more faith in that symbol than we are the mm-hmm. actual God, yeah. that, you know, then there's a problem with that. And, um, and growing up that way, like I didn't think, I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to go to church, light a candle, sit there and pray to the statue. But that's who I was praying to was the statue, not necessarily thinking praying to God. I'm praying to this at this altar for the power of this altar and that symbol, which is like sounds really crazy. Right. Well, <laughs> and there was a time, I mean, in scripture where you had to go to a certain place to pray, you know, mm-hmm. like you had to go to the temple. And God's presence sat on the Ark of the Covenant, on the mercy seat. But, and I think if we look at the graven images and, and what Joe, you were talking about growing up in the Catholic Church and you were praying to, you felt like you were praying to the statue. I think our, that's bled into our culture thinking that's why we have to go to church to do these things. Mm-hmm. Like, because we have to go to church to do this. We don't have to go to church to do that. Because t- you can't technically go to church you are the church right you go to the building but you don't go to church you go together to worship but you don't go to the church and so i think that's what's that's kind of bled into our culture is like yeah that's why we have to go to these places we have these symbols that we put in our churches in our lives that should not be there and their direct disobedience of the second commandment yeah. Well, and, and I would say as a part of that, that kind of ties into that is one of the key things is it says no man made images. And the key being man makes that image. Right. When we sit there and we say this, is, we start to make God in the way we want God to be, not necessarily who God is. And I think that's even happened in our culture with church. We mm-hmm. want if, if we say going to church is an important part of that, we can make church where we want church to be. Mm-hmm. And then that's right. what we envision God as, is why we go to church and what we're going to church for is who God is. Right. And that's, that's the danger of it all is God doesn't want us because we can't even fathom who God is. Mm-hmm. Like we get glimpses of God, but we don't have the whole picture. And right. so for us to try to sit there and say, oh, yeah, this is who God is or this is what God looks like. We're then just doing it out of our own. This is who I want God mm-hmm. to look like. Right. And right. Because, you know, because, you know, like you said, we get glimpses of who God is. Because we can't handle who God is. Yeah. And we, we do. We try to put God in a box that makes sense to us versus, you know, doing what we should do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, and because we had, you know, our our country, and I'm not trying to get political or anything, but our country is going through a very hard time, not with just the coronavirus, but with everything piling on top of each other. Um. And you know, and through all this madness that's going on, like there was a movement to start removing statues of jesus from places because people were seeing it as a symbol of white supremacy i don't understand that but whatever but and there was an uproar on facebook about moving removing statues of jesus like oh they're trying to take god out of our country and i'm like i'm pro these statues of jesus <laughs> but not because a symbol of white supremacy because a second commitment that commandment thing <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, because there's not something that shouldn't be there. Um, but yeah, so well, we have to go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying we just have to be careful of the of what we put in high places in our you know in our lives because are these statues of Jesus are these you know that we've made and we put in our churches we put around our you know, put in different places, are they more important than our relationship with Jesus? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When, and I think, too, with that, I think an important thing we need to be doing as Christians 
is checking ourselves constantly of are we following God or are we following like are we actually worshiping God and putting God first or are we putting our own vision of God like are we putting our own version of God first but really we're serving something else but we're calling it God yeah because I think that's we can put other things in that place other than just our you know statues of Jesus so would that be like um, a youth minister who changed the time of Sunday school so he could be home to watch you know say his favorite football team play um would that be kind of like you know an idol um (laughs) yeah not not saying i've ever done something like that but you know i've heard of a guy who um moved sunday school to 9 a.m so he could be home in time to watch green bay play uh so (laughs) well there's only one person on this podcast whose church time interrupts football time (laughs) because we're out of church by football time (laughs) hey i'm just asking for a friend all right (laughs) oh man i'm not saying it is but i'm not saying i'm gonna see you when we get up there either so right (laughs) i'm not saying it is but i'm not saying it's not right uh but no it's it's (laughs) But we put these other things yeah. in our lives and even in our worship services that don't belong there. Because our focus, because we're shifting our focus. And, and I think our, the songs that we sing do this too. Because there are a lot of songs that we sing in worship that bring the focus off God to us. Mm-hmm. And if... Because it, you know, but our 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 worship should be toward to God, and in many cases, in many churches, it's not. And these places don't even have statues of Jesus in their building; they're just not focuses on God because of other things, mm-hmm. American flag. But <laughs> I was waiting until that was coming out. I was waiting for it. Right. And I'm not anti-America. I am. I love being. I love living here. I am proud to be an American, in the words of Lee Greenwood. <laughs> but, but, um, but that has no place in our worship center. Right. I do not believe an American flag has a place in our worship center. Mhm. Yeah. I. I think. Yeah, I agree. I, I, uh, for me, I think the the focus of our of of our worship shouldn't be on what's on stage, who's on stage, who's speaking. Like all that should be to the side. It should be on God. Like you said before, Andy, that's what our focus should be on, and. Um, I, I know we talked about this off air about the whole American flag thing, which is why I was waiting for it to come on, come out. (laughs) But, uh, I, I actually had an instance when I was at a church at another church, not church I'm at now. Um, but where I had taken the American flag and Christian flag, both flags off the stage while I was preaching. Uh, and I did it before anyone came in the building. Uh, but. I I got called close to being a heretic for not having the American flag on stage um, by one of the gentlemen in our church and was just told this is this is heresy that God would not want you to not have the American flag up here. And to me, like up to a degree, I was like, well, if the American flag's up there, I mean, if it's if I take it off and people get upset, then we have an issue. But if it's just up there as decoration, it's, it's like having flowers up on stage. Um, but it's when, if something's not up there and it goes away and you get upset about it, then there's probably an issue on where your heart's at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Um, so that's that's kind of where where I'm at on that. But I, I think again, it comes back. Check your heart. We, yeah. <laughs> we said that a couple weeks ago. Check your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And. That's- and it I'm trying to choose my words carefully. Um, <laughs> yeah, I might need some time on that one. Go ahead, Joe. Um, no, I mean I I agree that you know we shouldn't make our political views or or even our country like the the flags stuff like that a part of our religion or a part of our worship a part of our faith. Um, it's great we're blessed to live in this country, but we shouldn't worship this country, you know. And I think a lot of people think that, you know, Christians are the only – or Americans are the only true Christians in the way they act and the way they behave and the way they see it. And they don't realize that our belief system probably doesn't 100% match up with the way the country is run and, <laughs> you know, and, and the people who are in power in this country. And so – yeah, you know, I'm. I completely agree. I would remove those flags and those symbols off the stage too, and be like, "Look, this should be about God and not about worshiping all this other stuff." You know, bear. You know, I mean, yeah, it looks pretty. Flags look cool, but that's not what it's about. You know, it's about us worshiping God. Right. So. Well, and at some point in our history as America, we have decided that God's promises to Israel. <laughs> have magically been imputed to America and we are now God's country. Yep. Um, we're America. Right. Um, no, that's Oklahoma. That's God's country. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, yeah, it's, 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 we, we're going, and I, and we're getting ready to head into, head into a season where the gospel being preached in this country is going to take a major hit because there are pastors across this country that are going to turn their sermons into political messages. And that's just, if you, you know, and, you know, we all three have our views on politics, you know, and if you want to know our views on politics, ask us. Um, Uh, Don't ask me. I don't talk politics. I don't, you know, and there <laughs> are certain religion. things I don't believe yep. that you can, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I don't think that you can be a believer and believe certain things in the political realm are right. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I don't believe that. And, you know, but I'm not going to argue. I have brothers, I have brothers and sisters in Christ that sit on both sides of the aisle and they're both all, and they're all godly people. Um, and I and I don't lose respect because of the way they vote, but that should not affect that should not affect the way we we view each other. Mm-hmm. And our pastors do not need to be standing on on in the pulpit on Sundays, giving a pep rally for America, because yeah. America is not going to save us. It's the gospel, and the gospel is not found in America. Mm. it's not found on the flag it's not found in our declaration of independence it is found in scripture and if anything is happening in worship outside that is outside of the realm of scripture then you know we need to check ourselves and we need to go back to what we go back to our first love and that should be Christ not the other things yeah. Not the statues, not the the flags, not the you know whatever else. It's it's Christ, and He has to be at the center of our our worship, or else it's not worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something else. <laughs> it's not worship. <laughs> exactly. But and to close out today, we want to encourage. And put out there, if you're listening to the podcast and you have you have no clue what we're talking about, about this finding something that – finding something or someone that can save you and actually 
because because we all can agree politics has saved nobody all right and right. it's it's right. caused more issues no matter what side you are on but there is something or someone that can save you that does doesn't care about all the political stuff and we would love to talk to you about that we encourage you reach us on facebook reach us on instagram we want to talk to you personally, uh, have a conversation with you, and tell you about who this Jesus guy is that we talk about every week. Tell you about what the gospel is. And uh, if you already know who Jesus is in the gospel and you have a relationship with him, we want to encourage you and challenge you to check your heart, but check check your worship. Mm-hmm. Who are you worshiping? When you get up on Sunday to worship and sing at church, who are you worshiping? And it's not just Sunday morning. Who are you living your life for? That's your everyday worship. And we want to encourage you check that. And if you've got questions or want to talk to us more about it, please reach out to us also. Because we, we, we're not here just to talk to people who don't know Jesus. We want to talk to people who know Jesus too. So we want to talk to all mm-hmm. of y'all. So please reach out to us. Uh, we're going to go ahead and close in prayer. And again, uh, we just hope you guys... I know for us, we enjoy getting out here and talking about this stuff, but this is also stuff that the Lord lays on our hearts. So we pray that if the Lord's talking to you, go ahead and listen. Uh, Not because of the three great looking guys that are talking to you, but because God is saying it. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, we come right now to thank you for being our God. Thank you for being our God, that we can't even understand or fathom who you are, what you look like. We only get little glimpses. And even in the little glimpses, you are far greater than we could ever imagine. And Lord, we're so lucky to have you as our God and as our creator, and that you've chosen to have a relationship with us. And I pray, Lord, that our relationship, that we worship you, and we don't let anything else get in the way. And we pray, Lord, that we also, we don't try to make you something that you're not. Because we can't make you anything else. And when we do that, we just start worshiping something else instead of truly worshiping you. So I pray if there's anyone out there, Lord, who does not know you, that you will show them your love. And I pray for those of us that worship you daily, that if we're not doing it right, convict us and help us to start changing our ways. We also pray, Lord, that uh, through all of this COVID stuff, through all the political stuff, through all the unrest in our country and in our world in general, Lord, that you you bring wisdom and you bring peace and unity to the world in the way of your son and in the way of your people stepping up and loving others. And I pray that you make three of us that do this podcast, that you convict us to do that also, Lord. We say all of this in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen.